Hello, Mrs. F1. Hello, Mr. F1. Apart How are you? again, Yeah. we are. Just through a screen. Hopefully the last time. Yeah, hopefully the last time. We'll see. For all of you, this isn't F1 related, but I feel like we've given the people like a life update. We found a place to live. Woo! <laughs> so we'll finally be back together soon. I'm excited for that because we can have a really cool setup. Uh, 97 days and counting to the next step one race. Did you start counting down as soon as the last race ended? Because I did. We got a lot of time. A lot of time, but 97 days, I feel like it's going to go by so quickly. I hope it does. Me too. I mean, uh, I just, it's weird having a weekend where you're not like watching a race. <laughs> Although it seems like this offseason, we should get some more spicy news. Some spicy news, some Yeah. hot takes, if you will. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I think we'll be seeing as always, I think I said this in the last podcast, is like the off season is never quiet. Um, it usually is like the first couple of weeks. Um, but then as the season goes on, we know more unfolds. Personally, I'm going to start a Justice for Mick club <laughs> because I wanted to talk about this with you actually the other day and I forgot to. Did you hear Mick Schumacher's radio at the end of Abu Dhabi? Didn't they tell him not to do donuts or something? Yeah, and it was the most sad thing I've ever heard. Cute little innocent baby Mick is just trying to send it off on quite frankly not a fantastic year for him. And they're literally like, Mick, seriously, you need to stop doing donuts. And then he goes, okay. Love you guys too. Oh my god. I don't understand what, like what, who cares if the car breaks, right? I, I don't know. I Like Haas what if the is axle snapped in half? It doesn't matter. The season's over. They got to build a new car. yeah, But like, but I don't Haas get it. recycles things. I could see them, but I felt so bad. That's crazy. And I didn't see really any. I did see that they did like Gunter Steiner did a little talk in the garage thanking Mick. And from what we've heard in the press, it seems like their relationship has been very rocky um, this whole, apparently this entire year. Um, and he did say, like, you'll always be a part of our team. You played a huge role. And let's be real, like, without the money that came with Mick to that team, um, Haas kind of owes him after, you know, that Eurocollie situation. And to be frank, they brought a lot of attention to the team because of his name. Um, like I said, I hope we see him back. I think he just needs some more time and some a team that's going to foster his talent. But justice for Mick. He should have had a good send-off, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't get it I, and I think yeah maybe Mick burned bridges with them and that's why the relationship went sour but um I don't see him doing anything other than like IndyCar, Formula E. I, I just don't think he's got a chance unless he gets a reserve seat. I think he is. It's sounding like Toto Wolf is pursuing that. He's made it very vocal in the press that he would love Mick to come be a reserve driver for them. And they're kind of in need of one right now. So. Yeah. I'll be curious because I don't think Kevin and Nico are known as guys who bring a ton of money. Yeah. So where is Haas getting their money? Like, are they still stealing money from Ural Kali, basically? Because I remember there was a whole, like, Ural Kali was trying to pull their money back, and 
And they were like, no, you signed a contract. So where's Haas getting their money? Okay, so this, I'm glad you asked that question because I was thinking the same thing. We know Mick brought a substantial amount of sponsorships Mm -hmm. and money backing him, specifically the sponsorship Haas has with One and One. Mm-hmm. And their stipulation was in order to for Haas to receive their sponsorship and funding, they had to have a German driver in one of their two seats. Well, they still do. Yes. And I'm part starting to think, you know, I, I mentioned this in our last podcast. I was scratching my head like, why Hulkenberg? I feel like there's some other options mm-hmm. out there that could have been better for you. Someone cheaper, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I then a light bulb went off the one night I was thinking about this. I was like, ah, he's German. Mm-hmm. And to keep that one in one money, they need a German driver in that seat. So is that why they chose Hulkenberg over some of the other candidates that were out there? Mm-hmm. And I think a speculating that played kind of a big role yeah. next to Hulkenberg stalking Gunter Steiner every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, justice for Mick shirts coming soon <laughs> on our merch. <laughs> I just love him. He's so cute. I just I, I wanted him to do well but he just he didn't do well and then the way he kind of you know made Haas seem like he thought he was better than them I just rubbed me the wrong way if I'm honest yeah and I know it's not good enough to act like that no but like honestly now that more is coming out and especially after Gunter's interview with uh Beyond the Grid I think the press made us think it was Mick especially mm-hmm. after the summer break it's now sounding like it's Haas. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were kind of like, yeah, we just want to like be more successful. Like right now, we don't have time to foster you or develop you as a mm-hmm. race car driver. And, you know, we're just going to forgo re-signing you because we just need somebody that can perform. And I, that's literally sounding like what it is. So, if that were the case, why wouldn't they just say, hey, we'll keep you on as the reserve driver? to you know hopefully you can develop and we'll have a you know we'll get a driver who has more experience developing a car in the car every week but i, I know they have fittipaldi as as their reserve driver and they really like him but um as much as i like fittipaldi i mean i'd mix probably a better driver than him so that yeah. to me is why i think it's more than just car development i think there was some burned bridges where they were like yeah we don't even want you to be our reserve driver yeah, I don't know. I don't know either if, like, I'm leaving a team. I don't know if I would stay as a reserve driver, like, going from that seat to reserve. So, anyways, off the Mick topic, because I feel like we've talked a lot about Mick and other drivers that have been, mm-hmm. you know, rolling Not around here. We'll have, like, a Mick watch section <laughs> to see where he goes. So, for the Mick watch, watch section this week, he's just out there. With mm-hmm. nobody. So there there we go. There's the Mick watch. Speaking of watching, look how smoothly I'm going to roll this into the next section. Um, I was reading an article about how the viewership of Formula One this year, in the United States specifically, has broken every single record um, out there which I think we all kind of expected, but still great, great news. Like, it's almost like confirmation of what you're thinking. Um, So let me just read a couple of these stats. I thought they were quite impressive. 
Um, there's a 28% increase in viewership over the last over this last season. Um, an average of 1.2 million watchers per race. That beats the record previously set in 2021. The this one was really interesting to me because I thought out of the American races that would be most watched, I thought Austin would kind of beat out um Miami. It did not. Miami GP had an average of 2.538 American viewers. It's million. Mo- two, yes, 2.538 million. Not, not 2.53 <laughs> Americans. That would be wild. <laughs> if that's breaking a record, we have a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 2.538 million average viewers. It's the most viewed race stateside this year. Yeah, that shocks me. Well, I, I'm, I'm mixed on that. I guess it's a new race and people like new things. But Austin's such a good race. I love that track. And Miami was this fake parking lot track. You know, <laughs> it was. I it's, I don't. I didn't like it. I mean, you know, Miami's a cool city, but I, I, I felt like they could have made it a lot cooler than they did make it with the fake water. and The fake marina. How yes, can we forget about the fake marina? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh. I, don't know, I guess people just like new things. So, you know, that's. That's the new race. But, you know, in, in the vein, you know, we're talking about all this increased viewership in the in the United States. Obviously, Netflix has a lot to do with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would debate that. But it's incredible how F1 and Liberty Media and all, and all these companies that do that, they've timed this perfectly. They got this huge bump in in viewership. They're adding races slowly to the United States. They're seeing the most viewers they've seen ever. And now they're adding a, a third race. So they're just capitalizing on all this momentum that they're building. Now we have an American driver. It's like, this is just such a perfect way for them to try and break into a market that they didn't really have success in previously. I mean, you know, it's, it's brilliant. I think, I think people will, so other sports will study kind of how F1 decided, look, we're going to target America. We got this Netflix series. We've, added some more races we've got an american driver now it's it's really really well organized yeah i agree i think and coming since like i'm in the marketing sphere it's what i do for a living um it's genius it's and not just that the show itself is produced and edited and directed so beautifully to really it, it really shed light on a different part of Formula One that has never been accessed before by the public. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that is not I think that is the reason it's had such success is, yeah. um, you know, younger generation, our age people connecting with someone personally is what yeah. brings you in. I mean, that's yes. what brings you into most sports. It's the humanization. It always is. I mean, look at the success that Hard Knocks and some of the other all or nothing, those other sports documentaries Mm-hmm. have had because people love to watch their sports and then watch those documentaries and feel like they actually know the people that they're rooting for. You get like to, you're part of the team. Exactly. Yeah. It, it we love, you know, that humanization thing. And for all the the vitriol that Netflix gets for over dramatizing, and they do, I nobody's gonna deny that. It's also pretty well known that America loves drama. So, you know, I don't think that that was I'm sure they played into that, knowing that that's going to help people get, you know, cling to the sport. Yeah. And I want to be really clear. Like, I feel like there is this stigma 
um, about people who've come into the sport because of DTS. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to be very clear that like us, especially and on this podcast, we don't care what kind of fan you are. (laughs) If you're here for the racing, if you're here Mm -hmm. for a driver, if you're here for the glitz and glam of it all, as long as you're here, that's all we care about. It's like those people who heard a band before everyone else and then they judge people and they yeah. only heard them when they're famous. Like who cares how you got into formula one? Yeah. There's some people that have been watching it for 40 years. Some people watch drive to survive and got into it, you know? Yeah. And, and I who think cares? it's, it's good for the sport no matter what. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you and me have always been aware <laughs> of formula one, but drive to survive has really like made us invested in it. I guess mm-hmm. you would say. And that's okay. Like I have, I saw somebody like leave us a review on our podcast and they just happened to listen to the episode where we, you did say a fact that was incorrect, which we corrected in another episode, by the way, we're going to admit right here, right now, we are not perfect. We're going to make mistakes on this show. We're going to say things that are incorrect and we will try our best to correct them. And please, by all means, let us know. But I saw someone leave us a review and they're like, oh, typical new DTS American fan starting another podcast. And I just was like, my friend, if that is your mindset. <laughs> well, first off, whoever left that review, I want you to know that I care so little about your opinion <laughs> that I hope that the time that you took to type that, you realize that you wasted your life doing that. A. B. Like you said, I, you know, we're, we're somewhat new to the sport we're going to make mistakes right you know and that's okay I, we'll correct them you know we're obviously learning more about the sport more about the history of the sport and the reason we're doing this is to kind of help other people you know understand Bring the sport. Along. yeah exactly yeah we're all in this together we're all learning we're all fans and part of this f1 community together so you know and even like the best of the best get it wrong so i'm not you know i just find that funny but yeah i back to like the liberty media thing i think it has been the number one reason why we're seeing these numbers so Mm -hmm. high um another stat um that had to do with um women in viewing formula one uh women viewers increased by 34 percent over the numbers in 2021 yeah that's insane especially in an engineering heavy sport you know yeah it's known that you know men tend to be more interested in in engineering Mm -hmm. in the stem fields but that's a huge increase for women. Huge increase, which makes like up 28% of this year's viewers are women, mm. which I just <clears throat> love to see. I love to see that as a woman myself. I always tell you this every time, like, I wouldn't say, I would say male and female, like anytime they find out I'm into Formula One, they're like, you're into Formula One. I get this like, why would you be into Formula One type mm-hmm. of reaction? And then they assume um, that you're into Formula One because of the good looking drivers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, let's not brush it off the table. A lot of these guys <clears throat> are literally Greek God specimens <clears throat> of a man. But I am here for the sport as a whole. I can enjoy their good looks and enjoy the racing and understand yeah. the engineering. That's like totally fine. So, yeah, I just I found those stats really interesting and also just really encouraging, especially as an American F1 fan, um, knowing that there's more of us out there. Is <laughs> Speaking of females, we've kind of been holding off on waiting to talk about this 
um, just because of the end of the season. But Formula One has decided they're throwing their hat in the ring when it comes to female racing series. They're starting their own female-led racing series called F1 Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw this, I was like, yay, but also a giant question mark above my head. Yeah, I was really confused, especially after we saw the struggles of the W Series and how the season just ended. You know, mm-hmm. I, and we talked about it before, and I ranted about how I was so frustrated that F1 TV wasn't carrying the W Series races. And now it makes sense. They're, they've been developing their own version. It kind of seems like they're undercutting W Series, which is frustrating. It, it's good that there's going to be more series for women to be able to compete in and drive in. But I'm just very confused as to why F1 didn't invest into an already established racing series mm-hmm. to help them stay afloat and grow and expand. And that could have been their F1 Academy. Yeah. Yeah. That's also the reason why I was kind of questioning it. Let me just read off some of the details. There aren't a ton of details released right now as to how the series is going to work, how it's going to run, blah, blah, blah. But F1 has released these details. It's going to be an all-female driving category that lives under the Formula One umbrella. It's launching in 2023. There'll be 15 drivers and five teams total. There will be seven events in their 2023 season. And F1 will provide up to, well, no, will provide 150,000 euros per team, per car. And the drivers in each car must also bring at least 150,000 euros to the table as well. And the teams will then cover the rest of the remaining costs. Um, What do you think about this whole money situation? Because we know W Series, for those of people who don't know, W Series is completely covered by w series Mm -hmm. drivers don't have to pay anything they don't have to bring any money nothing they just show up so what are your thoughts about this? that's a that's a perfect world scenario with w series and obviously it didn't work out because it's not working right yeah so i understand the reality of needing to bring money now like one hundred and fifty thousand euros is not a lot in the grand scheme of racing Mm -hmm. i believe somebody Somebody said F2 can cost like 1.52 million dollars, 2 million euros, whatever. Mm. So, yes, it's significantly cheaper, but still 150,000 euros for anyone to just scrounge up. I mean, unless you're sponsored, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem feasible. Yeah. You know, and and yes, it's cheaper, I understand, but affordability is you know, th- this might be comparatively much more affordable than F2, but realistically, it's still not very affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised at how little money they're bringing to the table for each team. Um, yeah. But weirdly, I am happy to see that the drivers are having to come and match <clears throat> that amount on their side. And this is a problem that I wasn't super thrilled with the W Series. And I know we talked about it in the past. But the fact that like women like if in the W series don't have to bring any sponsorships, don't have to bring any money, just have to bring themselves. Yes, that's a perfect world scenario. But unfortunately, as soon as they leave that W series world, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, they're gonna um, need sponsorship to move up. 
Yeah. And I think it's important and I'm kind of glad they're incorporating this in the academy because these girls need to learn how to go out there Mm -hmm. and how to, you know, get sponsors, get big names to back them. Because as soon as they start moving up within these series, these categories, they are going to need the money. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't had to do that before, like it could hurt you in the end. Now we have seen W series drivers get sponsorships, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's important that you have to bring something um, because yeah. it, it's going to prepare you for the future. Right. Or at least have some sort of sponsorship set up so that, you know, for example, Jamie Chadwick killing the W series, but it seems like it's really tough for her to make this transition, mm-hmm. whether that's because teams aren't willing to, you know, it, it, there's a lot of different reasons that could be, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think, for for the F1 Academy, like you said, if they have sponsorships set up to where they're able to have have their sponsors pay 150,000 euros, if they are good enough to move up, they already have that sponsorship set up in place. Whereas mm-hmm. with W Series, you could have a really good driver. If they don't have sponsors, it's going to be tough for them to move up. Yeah, and it's going to be tough for teams to bring you on mm-hmm. when you don't have any. You're not bringing so- any money. Right. So we talked about the difference in the money. There's also a difference in the type of car between W Series and F1 Academy. So you have more kind of understanding about this, Matt. So let why don't you explain it to the people? It seems like it's basically a, a carbon copy of the F4 car um, that's going to be in the F1 Academy. Whereas the W Series car was kind of an in-between F, uh, F4 and F3 um, a little bit more powerful than the F4 car, a little less powerful than the F3 car. Seems like the F1 Academy is going to be pretty much equivalent to F4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and F4 is kind of, it's different. F4 has series in the United States and Europe and Asia, whereas there's just one F3, there's just one F2. Um, so, yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to be kind of an F4 for women hopefully to feed them into F3 if they're successful enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is the goal of this Academy, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a good goal to have, obviously. Um, But I think it's interesting that you could go to an Academy sponsored and backed by huge brand and name formula one, but you're going to be driving an F4 car, which is less powerful, 165 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to W Series that isn't as well-known of a series, not backed by a big name like Formula One, and right now is teetering on the verge of financial right. insecurity. Right. But you'd be driving a more powerful car. It's putting out mm-hmm. 270 horsepower. Yeah. This is the other difference. And I guess the question I have for you, well, for both of us really, but I'll let you answer first. Do you think F1 Academy is going to become this rival to w series and in a way hurt w series in the future yeah my guess is that it's tough to say because we don't know the financials of w series Mm -hmm. i don't think the financials of w series are sustainable without backing from f1 so even though the car is more powerful and to me that translates more for a jump from w series to f3 instead of f1 academy to f3 um, I that just the the state of the series itself makes me think that um, 
even though that should be an easier jump, I don't think it'll be that way mm. because I think that F1 Academy, like you said, might just undercut W Series. And because it has funding from F1, it'll it'll continue to live and, and W Series unless they get funding somewhere else. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think F1 Academy is going to provide a smoother route for women to enter those other F Series. Um, w series for example um, you can be a w series driver but you actually have no access to f1 paddock or f1 teams at all unless mm -hmm. you are partnered with them like jamie chadwick right jamie chadwick's academy driver jess hawkins is a is a a reserve or a test driver for aston mm -hmm. martin those girls are the only ones that get access to yeah. any of that f world f1 right. world and that puts them leaps and bounds above those other girls. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to hurt W Series. I think, too, sponsor, when F1 Academy is looking for sponsorships, um, t uh, these companies are going to be like, well, F1 Academy is backed by F1, yeah. a name people know and love. Um, yep. And they it's also a have financially steady series. Yep. And they've got bigger marketing dollars to put behind mm -hmm. this academy and push it um mm -hmm. i'm also curious to see if we're gonna see women ditching w series that are currently driving in that series now and going for f1 academy yeah. yes the car is less powerful but the connections mm -hmm. are way more powerful in the grand scheme of things right i do you think we'll see jamie chadwick make that jump i there are 22 seats open in f3 i will be livid if she's not in one of those seats yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me why a team wouldn't take a risk on her. I the, don't the big names it. have already filled the seats in F3. Why why wouldn't she get one of those seats? And you know, just last year there were a couple of F3 drivers and F2 drivers, I'm thinking of Chembolic Bossi, who started the year didn't do well and they ditched him. So, why wouldn't a team take a risk on Jamie and if she doesn't do very well, you know, swap her with another driver right and she goes back to w series or f1 academy or something like that mm -hmm. i you know in her scenario why she's not already signed to an f3 seat is beyond me but my worry is that if we do see a lot of girls jump from w to f1 academy i think that's the death of the f or the death of w series i agree losing big names like that um, and I'm sure these women do feel a certain loyalty to W Series, like especially Jamie Chadwick, some of these girls that have been with it since the beginning. They feel right. very much, I'm sure, responsible for it and a part of it. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. And if F1 Academy is going to get you closer to that F2, F3, F1 seat in the future, girl, do what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, no. Always. Yeah. I, I won't blame any girl for making that jump if she thinks it's better for her development as a driver for her future mm -hmm. but like you said there is something to having that loyalty to the series that kind of brought you onto the map yeah i guess time will tell we'll see how this f1 academy plays out uh, as a fan i'm super excited that there will be two women driving series i can possibly watch in one season um so that's exciting to me and we will see what happens what the future holds for W Series, what that means for F1 Academy. And I, I'm excited, but also scared at the same time. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. 
and and one last thing you currently cannot watch f4 races on f1 tv it's just f1 f2 f3 and then porsche super cup and some other things i will be really mad if they don't put this series on f1 tv i know they like i said they don't have the f4 the current f4 series on tv they need to add that so we can watch it and they need to add f1 academy and charge more money i don't care like you know if the whole point is to develop the sport and develop these drivers let people watch them you know yeah. if the series gets funding and from viewership then that helps sustain them yeah and we've seen that with w series when they've raced in tandem with formula one um and they've had their races on the same weekend at the same track they had some really great viewership numbers mm -hmm. this year which is even more puzzling as to why they're having trouble holding on to sponsors um and getting money they're getting some decent viewership for a, a new series is only three years old um so it it's interesting but i agree give it the chance if mm -hmm. nobody can watch it how do you expect it to grow exactly. um i think you could argue that for a lot of women's sports mm -hmm. um and yeah. sporting categories so yep. we will see we'll see what the future holds but crossing my fingers that w series at least makes it through next year um yeah. I don't want to see that series fail. I feel like this year, you, I would count that as a fail. Mm -hmm. um, having yep. to end your season early because you don't yep. have the money. Yep. So, yeah. Let's move on to some rumors. I'm going to call this Box Box Bonato. It's <laughs> Do you like my little names for these sections? I'm I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Um, there have been rumors circling for the past couple of weeks uh, about Mattia Bonato mm -hmm. possibly resigning, being forced out of Ferrari. And I know you have expressed your Italian-like vigor <laughs> for for Bonato being replaced. Um, before I ask you this. It's funny because we were literally texting when these rumors started coming out, mm -hmm. like that he was going to get the can. And then Ferrari very quickly came out with a statement saying, no, 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 these are false. That's not happening. Like, mm -hmm. we're behind Bonato. And you said to me, oh, well, I guess it's not going to happen. Ferrari said it's not going to happen. <laughs> I said, because Ferrari responded to this rumor so quickly makes me think even more that this is happening. <laughs> Like, you don't seem form see Formula One teams respond to, like, media-esque rumors like this that quickly. And they jumped on it mm -hmm. so fast. Um, do you think this is going to happen? And when? If so. I don't know. I, I think it should happen. Whether I think it will happen, I honestly don't think it will happen. Um, hmm. I, think, I think that if it does happen, it'll be a um voluntary resigning from Mattia. And that, that's what some of the rumors are saying is that he's resigning. And that I would believe, but I, I don't think Ferrari has the the balls to fire him right now. Um I mean we were talking about there's rumors that Ross Braun is going to come back to Ferrari or um, yes. mm -hmm. or Fred Vasor from um Alfa Romeo. I I don't think that this is going to happen. And like I said, if it does happen, it'll be voluntary because he's feeling the pressure. 
Yeah. Um, and if it does happen, then, you know, then we have a an interesting conversation as to who takes over. Yeah, I mean, what the rumors that I have heard is that it's not necessarily um, the team itself that is wanting him to leave. It's the board of directors mm-hmm. that has really been unhappy. And right, honestly, yeah, rightfully, rightfully so. so. Yeah. Um, they could have won this championship this year and they completely blew it. Um, and a huge part of that was due to the fact of their their team's own mistakes, specifically strategy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think Ferrari might need a, a little bit of a, a shakeup or a change. And I honestly would not be shocked if Charles Leclerc is expressing his mm-hmm. um his his grievances with how the team operated this year. And Charles is their golden boy right now. They are investing a lot of their their future, their brand in that boy. So keeping him relatively happy is in their own interest. Um we already know he has a quite a long um contract with them, but they want him to resign, I think. Uh, and quite frankly, if I were the board of directors at Ferrari, I'd be looking at someone's head on the chopping block for a f- kind of a failure of a year. Yes, they came in second in the constructors and in the drivers championship, which is better than they've done. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but still, when you look at the way <clears throat> the beginning of the season started and where they were at the end, it was like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, what do you think about Ross Braun? Obviously, Ross Braun has actually just left Formula One as um, the directing manager, oh, F1 managing director of motorsport. So he's fresh he off the that 2021 car. He helped right. develop the 2021 car. He's fresh off that boat. Mm-hmm. He may be looking for something new. And the man's had quite a track record of success. Mm-hmm. Do you think that could be good for them? bad for them oh, i mean anything is better than matia right now i mean that <laughs> team is a mess but you know i i, I think ross retired because he wanted out so i i would be shocked when i heard that rumor i was shocked because i thought he was kind of done with it mm-hmm. um i mean his his uh resume is pretty dang good you know winning five championships with michael and ferrari mm-hmm. and then creating a team and then winning right away and you know right. is basically has turned into mercedes which has been a powerhouse for the past eight years minus the past two years mm-hmm. you know i i mean i think actually i know ferrari would be a better team with him behind the helm but will it happen i i'm not confident i don't think that he's going to be willing to jump back in especially with the pressure of the ferrari team principal spot yes yeah. That's too big a, a burden at his age to, you know, after he's had such a successful career, I don't know why he'd want to risk it by jumping back into that mess. You never know. He got bit by the championship bug multiple times. I feel like the urge to be back in that type yeah. of success and place never goes away. Fred Vasseur, who is like another rumored possible replacement for Mattia, that is interesting to me. I mean, kind of new blood. You know, he's never been a team principal, unlike Ross Braun at that team. Um, He has close ties to Ferrari. Obviously, Alfa Romeo and Ferrari operate very closely together. And Ferrari Mm -hmm. is their engine provider, power unit provider for Alfa until Audi comes along in Mm -hmm. 2025, 26. Um, So I see the connection there. But 
Mm-hmm. I don't know he's if he has what it takes. Too. I mean, he's an experienced guy. And I think uh, to me, that's the more realistic option. Unless Ross really does want to come back. I, I don't think he would. And that leaves Ferrari with, you know, Vassor or Gunter, which would be fantastic. Imagine Gunter at Ferrari. I would <laughs> love that. I, I don't, pure I, anarchy. It would be. I don't see that happening. So I think if Matias had his on the chopping block, I would I would guess that Vassor has the chop. Yeah. Unless Cyril Beeple comes back. Cyril Beeple. Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about I don't I don't know if that would work. The French and the Italians. No. Oh gosh, I, no. I don't know if that would work. No, it wouldn't. But it'd be entertaining. Yeah. It would be it would be entertaining. It would be very so would, entertaining. So would Gunter Steiner at Ferrari. Ferrari yes, is would. very everyone is very unison, one voice, one team. Yeah. Never throw the team under the bus ever is like their number one golden rule. And I think like Gunter Steiner would just be like, This team is shit. Yes. <laughs> he he would turn the team into a bunch of rock stars though. We look like That's... a bunch of wankers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Guy. Just I'm picturing him right now in full red. And I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Ferrari, make not. it happen. Oh, my God. Please don't. I may not be able to ever sleep ever again. <laughs> <laughs> what I would do for you. I want to play a little game with you. Okay. Would you rather F1 edition? Uh, okay. I'm going to okay. give you three of these would you rather questions don't hesitate too much i love okay. you but you are a thinker <laughs> you're an analyzer yep. just spit out the emotion the not logic okay. yes Got emotion it. not logic but i'll have <laughs> you explain your answer after but okay. don't try to explain it in the middle all right, all right. ready yeah would you rather be trained by yost verstappen or max verstappen oh max yost is a is a dictator but I I hear what you're saying that, but Max was trained by Yost. So yeah. he seems more mellow than his dad. That's why I'd pick that. That's true. He probably wouldn't kick you out of a car if he lost. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Second one. Would you rather have the Red Bull livery or the McLaren livery? McLaren. I love the orange. Papaya. Yeah. I, I have to say, I'm hoping Red Bull next year come with a little different livery they've kind of rolled with the same thing every year just Mm -hmm. a little tweaking i would like to see a new livery come from them yeah and last but not least last one would you rather have the hair of carlos Sainz or sebastian vettel this year neither mattia bonato because i already (laughs) have his hair that wasn't an option but yeah guys low-key if you haven't seen what matt looks like on our social media or our youtube his hair is very reminiscent of Mattia Bonato. I feel like we need to get you those Harry Potter glasses. And Circular c- glasses, exactly. Yeah, that'll cement it in. But that'll between those two, I'm picking science because Vettel's hair is looking weak. <laughs> looking like it's on its last leg. I love you, Seb, but man, that hair looks like it's uh, you're about to be uh, bald soon. I mean, the addition of the headband this year. Yeah, it is pretty sweet. I mean, we were throwing it back i felt yeah. like he was about to break out in aerobics workout at any moment <laughs> his hair was just so reminiscent with the headband i was waiting for it sub if you're looking for something to do in retirement lead an aerobics class get yourself some short shorts and some neon <laughs> see-through shirts with that headband and you'll be good to go 
Provost has a good set of good good head of hair on his on his head. He does. I when I was thinking of that question, I was like, okay, who has the best hair? A lot of them have good hair, but who are the top two with the best hair? The best hair. Seb and Carlos came to mind for me. Oh man. I mean, that's tough, but we can we can maybe have a whole episode to debate best hair of the paddock. Yeah. Um, next week, you guys, we're gonna come back with another episode. We're gonna talk about our favorite moments of the 2022 season on track and off. So you won't want to miss that. And as always, our lovely video podcasts are now up on YouTube at Mr. and Mrs. F1. You can always follow us on TikTok, Instagram at Mr. and Mrs. F1 Pod. Same on YouTube. Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. F1 Pod. And then as always, guys, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a little five stars. Tell us what you like about the podcast. And, you know, like we mentioned in the podcast earlier, if we get something wrong, just DM me. Just DM Mm -hmm. us. We're happy to correct ourselves and also give you some a shout out and some cred. So as always, guys, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye, Mr. F1. Bye, Mrs. F1. Bye.